I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to part two of Itty Patterson The Secret 2. I'm joined by the lovely Matt Evers, who's just sneakily, I've found out it is his birthday, so we can't get away from that and I'm going to do him a very short happy birthday song. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you Matt Evers, happy birthday to you. Oh my god, I love it. You should see <laughs> me you. dog, Matt. He's like looking at us like, what the fuck were those sounds coming out of you, mum? Don't ever do them again. He's so unhappy. But <laughs> You're lucky he wasn't howling. No, I'm surprised he didn't join in. We're like, who's hurting you, mum? Um, sorry, my love. <laughs> um, I love that you answered who your favourite partner was. Like, I feel like that was absolutely class. Come on then, can we do the opposite side? Would you say who your least favourite mm. one's been? Oh god. Um... Uh, I have to say, my least favorite was Denise Van Outen because she got injured so early. I know, in, and she had real, in the show. she had legs, didn't she, to go further. Yeah. I mean, Denise is like, she is such a fun human being. And Denise had such potential to do really well in the show. And I was absolutely devastated when, you know, she she ended up breaking her shoulder. That's, a, um, that's aggressive, that. Just a day before that. the first show. Yeah. That is aggressive. But, you know, I think the GC, when I skated with, with Gemma, I think it was, that was, a, that was hard for her. And right. it was hard on me. Um, you know, and there was all these stories coming up that came out about how, you know, she was such a diva backstage. And yeah, she had her moments. But <laughs> she always, she did always show up, you know. What did you think it was made more? Because obviously someone like Gemma, like, oh, I love Gemma a bit to me. I, but I feel like obviously... With someone like Jem comes loads of press attention. And people know what she's going to bring when the book off our stuff, you know? Like, she's going to to be divisive. She's going to, like, get loads of column inches. Do you think that almost got in the way of, like, actually her just doing a good job and smashing it with you? Do you think the attention, like, was almost like a negative aspect? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think working with these extremely strong and successful women that yeah. I have worked with over the years, Pamela Anderson, you know, Gemma, um, there's two sides to these people. Yeah. Right? There's there's the human, and then there's the personality. Yeah, there's the and persona. And I think the GC especially, yeah, it's the persona. But then they start to kind of believe some of that persona themselves too, right? The and, and they have to. yeah. Yeah, the as an actor has to believe in their craft, has to believe in their character. 
and I think with Gemma, it just was something, as we've seen recently, that she's starting to shed the GC. Yeah. Because she knows that the GC isn't always the nicest person. Um, and I love Gemma to bits and we still get on and people are like, how can you, how can you even be friends with her now? And I'm like, because I know Gemma Yeah. and Gemma's a beautiful person. So, yeah, I mean, the GC, like she's always said, it's her alter ego. It's different. Gemma's who she is. And you obviously got to know Gemma. Um, and mm. it's a, it's obviously, I feel like a real shame that people misconstrue who she is, but obviously it maybe if she yeah. start, it maybe if she does show us more of Gemma, people will fall in love with that side even more. Cause that's the side I know as well, Matt. And, and you're right. It is, it's a lot of tabloid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right, Denise, we've already heard she hurt herself before the show even started and that's a real shame because I saw her do cabaret at Proud and she was amazing. Um, So she's obviously dances, sings, does it all. Um, But like the show is getting a bit of a reputation as being quite dangerous. Like, uh, do you remember the jump years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Like that that got that got like the axe because that was bloody dangerous. But I feel like like Dance on Ice has stepped into its shoes. Like do you think there it, it, there's ever a chance it could get like uh, binned because it's so dangerous? Or do you think it's just like a couple of careless mistakes? What's your honest opinion? Um, I think it's it's not careless mistakes that, that we see on Dancing on Ice. And I mean that's a, a good way to perceive it. Um what we do for a living with Dancing on Ice is very controlled, um, but it is ice skating. And as pros, we fall a lot as well. And I think we know how to fall. And that might sound silly, but it's it's truth. Um, and I think sometimes when we do push, push the celebs a little bit too far, they are going to fall and they are going to make mistakes. And, you know, like with Denise, it just happened on a f- basic forward skating. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think it is a dangerous... It's a dangerous sport, which then obviously bleeds into it being, um, you know, a a dangerous TV show. But I think that we have enough protocol set up. There's enough uh, coaching staff. There's enough physio staff um, that I I highly doubt we would get binned because it's too dangerous. Yeah. Um, But, you know, and, and actually working with Brendan Cole this year, you know, he comes from 10 years on Strictly. And he said that with Strictly, they have just as many injuries, not necessarily as, you know, as gory as our injuries sometimes, but they just don't talk about it. Yeah. So, and I think what comes with Dancing on Ice is the drama of how dangerous the ice is. And so they do glorify a little, a little bit. Yeah, I think we've all got a little bit invested in the jeopardy of it, haven't we? And in particular with like the last couple of years, people like Billy Fraser's injury, Denise Van Outen's, like you say, like we're almost expecting it. Um, mm. But it's good to know you've got loads of stuff set up and no one's going to really hurt themselves because I'd hate it to not be on the screens. Like I think it's great. Um, at the moment, you were, so you were dancing with, with Sally. How's that? How's yeah. that been? Are you are you gutted to be out? Do you take it really hard, Matt? Or are you kind of can you separate now? But I feel like you're competitive. I feel like you take it hard. Mm. You take it hard, don't you? <laughs> oh, I'm a competitive athlete. Then that is something that never leaves your body. Um, it, it's a power struggle because you know, kind of early on, how the celeb is, how far the celeb is going to go. Sometimes we get it wrong. Yeah. But, you know, like, Sally had never been on the ice before. She was literally Bambi. (laughs) And we got her to, we got her to a decent place. You know, no, she's not Kimberly Wyatt, you know, like, and she, she will never be like Kimberly Wyatt. But I was surprised at how strong the Coronation Street vote is. 
Oh, you never, know? never underestimate the soul following, mate. Never underestimated. So Back in the day, they were taking in like 20 million viewers five nights a week. Like, fuck me. It's just insane the yeah. level of like support and admiration people have got for these like actors. It's, yeah. in, it's incredible. It really, it really is. So I think with Sally, when we got to week seven out of 10, I was like, girl, it's time for us to go home now because <laughs> like the next week's challenge is the solo and you can't skate by yourself. Like, <laughs> Listen, it's one thing for me to chuck you around and make you look good, but on your own, pet, you're going to fall and hurt yourself. Let's call it a day. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know, but like the the year before when I got to the final with Faye Brooks, um, because I stepped in, Denise went out and got injured, and then I stepped in for the injured pro um, with Faye Brooks. And when we didn't win, I was gutted. Like Sonny J, granted, he was... I absolutely love him. And he is the epitome of what Dancing and Ice is about because he was the underdog. Um, but when we were stood there and Philip and Holly called Sonny J and Angela as the winner, I just was like, oh, that one hurt. It's, ve- <laughs> it's very hard to be a gracious loser when you're that close. Like, I remember yeah. going back to obviously, like, I was in the final of Armour Celeb, obviously, wasn't I? And I remember George Shelley saying, because he came second in in the end, and I remember him saying something, like, super gracious and, like, really sweet, like, it's been an honour to get this far. Like, if Vicky wins, um, she's incredible, and coming second to her is, is, like, still a win and all this. And I remember looking at him thinking, fuck that! Like, I am <laughs> I am this close to being a queen of the jungle, mate. Like, I can't say all these nice things. So I... <laughs> I'm like with you. And like, I'm not even a professional athlete, you know, I'm just a nutter. So I was like, no, mate, I wish I could say all these things, but I've fucking, I've tasted glory and I really want to win now. Like, I'm so with you, Matt. So like, well done to you for kind of being in that position, like a gracious loser, I think. So we talked about this a little bit, right? But I kind of feel like it deserves its own moment. More and more recently on Dancing on Ice, I've noticed that there are some pretty good dancers, like, Mm. sneaking their way onto the ice. And, like, I'm terrified of shows like Dancing on Ice and things like Strictly because, like, I've just got no rhythm, mate. And, like, I I don't know, I don't want to put myself in that position and be really bad at something. I'd love to learn a new skill, of course, but, you know, I'm, like I said, competitive, so I get a bit nervous. But I kind of feel like they've got a huge advantage, And, like, it's lovely to watch someone be great from the start, you know, but it's also really nice to see someone have an evolution and grow and all that. Like, I kind of feel like popping a pussycat doll on Dancing on Ice or in in Strictly is a bit like if they put Bear Grylls in the jungle. And they're like, I don't know if it's necessarily fair against anybody else. Do you have an opinion on it? Of course, babe, I've got an opinion on it. (laughs) Unless I'm partnered with them, in which case it's absolutely fucking fine. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so here's the situation. And I knew exactly what you were going to say when when the first two words came out of your mouth. (laughs) We have been in a very awkward situation the past two years. Right. Working in television during a pandemic is not easy. It's not been easy for anybody. Especially on a, a big scale, because your show is not small. No, it is It is one of the biggest shows that are, thankfully, was still being produced during the pandemic. So what the producers needed was a bit of a fail-safe. They needed to be able to book people last year and this year whom either were not working so that they could exclusively be in our bubble. Or in case someone 
contracted COVID, could sit out for 10 days, come back to the show and still be okay. Yeah. So I agree with you 100%. Is it fair that we have three professional dancers in this final? Mm, it's a question not mark. Not necessarily. Yeah. Okay. It's that's that's a big question mark, right? Um unless like you said, unless I was partnered with the Pussycat doll. But <laughs> Which case <I'm> absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, we are in a an interesting situation right now that the standard of the show has gotten so high. I pray that this doesn't affect future casts or someone like yourself who's like, I would love to do dancing on ice, but I'm never going to win because I'm not a professional dancer. And it does. It holds people back. Like, I can't imagine I'm the only, like, you know, half, like, famousy person who sort of thought, fuck, I'm not good enough for that, you know? Yeah, of course. I think what we're going to see next year um, and years to come now that the pandemic is easing um, and, you know, the restrictions and different things like that are are a lot less, that we're going to go back to what we did previously where we saw more journeys, where we saw more, you know, yeah, you're always going to have a standout person, you're, you know, one or two. Um, but this year is a little bit of a, and the producers themselves had said it, and even the celebs have said this, this year is, wow, this is a really difficult year to be in Dancing on Ice because yeah. of the standard of the pro dancers. Is it great for entertainment? A hundred percent. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, I mean it's, it's some star of these quality. performances are fucking incredible, yeah. you know? Um, but I hope that moving forward that we can go back to a little bit more of like Sonny J's journeys, Sally Denevy's journeys, you know, like I want to see somebody learn. Yeah. I want to see somebody change, you know? Oh, like you want to see a politician break his nose. Either way, I just want to see some shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I want to see comedians fall. I want to see politicians have a journey. Like, that's what Dancing on yeah. Ice is for me. And I agree, like, it must have been really difficult. So it's good to know like, what kind... I think, it could, I think it'll definitely go back when, like, things ease. Yeah, and you can see that the audience wants that because yeah. of how long Bez stayed in the show, how long Sally stayed yeah. in the show. Like, these people can't skate half as well as Kimberly, Brendan, or Regan. Yeah. You know, but we were there week six and week seven out of ten. That's it. But then the British public, Matt, you know this. You've been doing the show for a while. I know this. I am, in fact, an underdog myself. The British public love an underdog. We like a journey. We 100%. like growth. So, yeah, let's let's hope for more of that going forward, definitely. For um, sure. In the, I'm trying to think what series it was now, in the 12th series, you made history on the ice mm. um, with the first ever same-sex partner. You danced with, oh, one of my friends, H from Steps, Ian. Um, and everybody's made such a big deal this year of John Ass and John Waite in Strictly. Quite rightly so. They smashed it, nearly won. Some beautiful yeah. dancers, like, all, like, showing diversity, equality, whatever platform it's on, we should always celebrate. But I remember spotting it and thinking, you are getting a lot of fanfare, lads, and I'm pretty sure Matt and H did it first. So, like, how did it feel to be that amazing, trailblazing couple making a real difference? To, to be the first ever was an incredible experience. Yeah. Am I pissed off that we didn't get the publicity that John and Jonas did? Yes, I am. I feel like no, that's I'm no. I mean, honestly though, even if you weren't, I feel like it's kind of fair. I'd be like, oh, it's nice that everyone's like really supporting them, but I wish it was me as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was because I remember like the first. I think it was after jo John's first dance. Um, H and I were had been texting, and 
he had said like, gosh, they're on the cover of everything and this, that, and the other and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, but bitch, we did it first. <laughs> you know, like. I also know, I knew H was pissed off because I remember when the lads were dancing and that, he kept posting videos of you two on Instagram. And I was like, yeah. H will know, you did it first. Like, I'm proud yeah, of you. Yeah. But like, I feel like regardless, you know, it, it, you just did do it first, Matt. And like, that is yeah. such a big thing. How was it dancing with another fella? Did you, was it, did you find that it came with the different challenges or anything physically? Oh, 100%. So typically men and women, um, generally speaking, learn differently. The physicality obviously is different. Yeah. You know, our, the body types are different. I had never taught a man how to skate before because I had always partnered with with females. Of course. Um, so approaching it, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to be different. Um I went in with a very open mind and I went in with a very sensitive mind as well because I knew that not everybody was going to be okay with it, like our viewing audience. Yeah. And growing up in a born-again Christian church, not necessarily knowing that I was gay when I was younger because I couldn't quite figure out what it was. I didn't come out till I was 26-ish or so. I'm also um, imagining, Matt, like in that type of town and like we're going back before social media when me and you were young, you know, like I can't imagine there was an awful lot of representation or explanation that would have helped you come to uh, like the realization that you were gay, you know? Yeah. Yeah, zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Zero representation at that point. I think, you know, growing up as a kid watching television, I don't ever remember there being a gay man or a gay character. And if it was, they were like one little bit of a comedic part. Yeah. You know? And it was often like over the top and sort of, yeah. Yeah, super. Generalization. Super over the top. So I think going into that series and working with, with H, um, I was very sensitive to a lot of different things, you know. Um, I didn't want to smack it in somebody's face if they didn't want to see it. Yeah. I didn't want it to be romantic. I just wanted, I, I approached it as two friends going for a skate yeah you know and i spoke with the producers quite in length about you know the creatives each week to make sure that we were doing the right thing um because you know it was the first time that anybody had ever seen two men dance or skate together and we were very adamant about not doing a romantic piece not that there's nothing wrong with that but it was because it was the first time and i just didn't want to put a sour taste in anybody's mouth over what we were trying to accomplish you were trying to do it tentatively and be respectful and not smack anyone over the head with it and i completely understand all of this and sometimes though matt like you can be as nice and you can like soft launch it as much as you want but you're still just gonna get people who you can't please i'll tell you what vicky we had 13 complaints from Ofcom. Oh, fuck off, is that it? Amanda Holden's nipples get more than that. <laughs> That's brilliant. No, come on, you've smashed that. I know 13 complaints is still 13 complaints too many because love is love, like whatever. But Amanda Holden gets thousands. 13. I know. I know. Um, I'm, I'm quite proud of the British public. Are yeah, you? and I say this, it was... Um, the Ofcom actually put a statement out in our defense to Good. say the 13 people who complained need to grow up. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? When Ofcom gets sassy, it's potentially one of my favorite things. Like, this must mean I'm getting very old and sad. But I remember when they came to Ashley Banjo's defense as well about diversity. Oh, and yeah. they were just like, we're not going to be exploring this. And I remember thinking, that's Ofcom's yeah. way of telling all yous to fuck off. It really was, exactly. wasn't it? And oh, I it love really, it. It really was. Oh, you know, but it's not, a, you know, 13 complaints. It's not a bad club to be in. We've got what? 
uh, Amanda Holden's nipples. We've got diversity and we've got you and H. Like, I would actually love to be. I'd love to be in that club. And the funny thing is, is the the majority of the men that watch Amanda Holden are watching Amanda Holden for her nipples. I reckon it was all the wives who complained. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. I can see yeah. that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, go on, like, so obviously I feel like you did an amazing thing. Um, and it's interesting to think of your journey as well outside of like dancing on ice, your professional career. Mm. I didn't, so I met you like years ago now, Matt. And I remember thinking at the time, like, I don't know if he's straight or gay, like not that it mattered, but like, you know, I remember thinking like, he's not open, like he doesn't come across to me as like wildly either. Um, and I think that was probably looking back like on purpose. Did you try and separate like your private life, your preferences from your professional persona? Um, yeah, I think initially, you know, I'm, I'm 40 something now. You look fucking well for it. Oh, thank you. You do. I, um, I, I come from kind of the age of Hollywood. Uh, that sounds really wanky to say, but it's cause I, you know, I've lived in California. I lived in L.A. now for 25 years. But and working in working in Hollywood, I come from that age of where I would have agents and casting directors tell me, never talk about your sexuality. OK, don't ever bring up the fact that you might be gay, because at that point I, I was kind of experimenting with both. I was married to a woman at 21. Really? Um, yeah, I got married on. Um, a television show who was my real life girlfriend. The casting director was a friend of ours and we had been together for three years and she had said, hey, we've got this show that they're trying to do where it's like surprise wedding where the bride asked the groom to marry them like as a surprise. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Let's do it. Like, it'll be some great PR. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's in Vegas. We'll get a free trip to Hawaii. Like, why not? Oh, yeah, do it, man. And so... We did that show, which then spun into The Bachelor. Yes, okay. Yeah. So it was, um, God, that was uh, that was 20 some odd years ago. Shit. But um, unfortunately, I mean, that relationship didn't last very much past the wedding. Um, but then I I just kind of reconnected with an old friend of mine who I had grown up with, who was very much out and gay. And uh-huh. I found myself very attracted to him and spending a lot of time with him. And one thing led to another. And... Next thing you know, we were sleeping together and I just was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> ma- like, what hey is this? maybe I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. So it was and I think I'd always there was about yeah, there was about seven years where I kind of was in the closet, you know, well, about five years 
um, to my close friends. And I had to be really careful with how I acted and how I, you know, said things. And I think the older I get now and the more comfortable I am with myself, um, I'm able to be myself more when I first meet people. Um, cause I just don't give a shit anymore. What Can people you, think. Yeah. And you shouldn't you know I mean? as well. Like, I feel like coming from the background that you came from, um, and so, which was probably quite like reserved, conservative almost. Like Very, I can yeah. understand completely. Um, and being like, I think now like we're a lot more open, accepting, there's a lot more happiness and like joy surrounding like being who you are and, and expressing yourself. So yeah. no, I think like it's really natural. And as well, as you get older, don't we just give less of a shit what people think? A hundred percent, you know, and I think it's, I'm, and I've been single now for three and a half, four years. And I'm getting to that point now when I'm just like, I'm ready for my person. Yeah. But then you, the pandemic came around and... Terrible you know, timing. Like, terrible timing. It's, it's yeah. Like, I wanted kids when I turned 40. Like, I was going to start to adopt. But then Dancing on Ice, because we they, they canceled the show and then it came back after three years. And that year that I decided that I was going to adopt a, uh, adopt a child, like... The show came back and then that pulled me off of that path and then I've been back for the past five years and then, yeah, so it's been a really interesting, really interesting time, yeah. But like in terms of your career, I feel like you're smashing it, Matt. Like I always see you on different things, like you're such a like a face of ITV, you're part of the furniture in terms of dancing on ice. Like in in terms of your per, like your personal journey, is that what's next for you? Like looking at adopting, like finding your for your person, is that the next step? Yeah, I mean it's been it's been a it's been a very prominent step for the past probably 3 or 4 years and I'm now getting uh, to be totally honest with you, like I'm getting to kind of a panic stage. Don't like, panic. Honestly, shit, you're so like, lovely and so handsome. Like your person is just out there somewhere waiting for you as well. And I'm sure you're going to bump into Well, hurry other. the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sure like, you're just, just going to bump into him randomly one night in a bar or in a fish and chip shop. I don't know where you go. But like, you know, yeah. and then it's just going to be amazing. And I can't wait to yeah. be there and be at the wedding. Can I come to the wedding? Of course, of I, course you can. I feel like I always just ask everybody if I'm allowed to come to weddings on here. I'm, you can tell me no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm being really rude. Um, my, I, I think like you'd make a lovely father and a lovely husband and all the rest of it. So mm. I'm really excited for that next stage. Yeah, yeah. I, I love kids and I, I hope that day comes sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. It's just been, you know, it's been hard because, you know, because of the show and having to be in bubbles, like I can't date. You know, like I've been locked in a, in a hotel room for the past, well, out of the past two years, almost a full year. That's madness, um, and then isn't it's, it? You know, and I, and because of the work that we do, you know, sometimes you have to test 48 hours before a one day job. So then you have to quarantine yourself. And it's just this kind of revolving. And it's like, when do I get to date? When do I get to meet anybody? I know. I feel like the dating in the pandemic has not been easy at all. Loads mm, of my and pals. Hinge and tinder and all and raya and all that shit it's like it goes conversations last for about two two seconds and then that's it oh you you're know? doing all the apps i tried to get on raya you know years ago like even before me last serious relationship and the wait listed is <laughs> they wouldn't put us on really yeah. I, actually i think i 
I, did I send you an invite once? Yeah, you sent us an invite and Joel Domit sent us an invite. And I thought, oh, you know what? Fuck yeah. it, I'm single. It was when I came out of the jungle, actually. And I was like, got nothing on the horizon, really. Let's give this a go. And they were like, thank you so much for your interest in Rhea. We're really over, like, we're really, like, oversaturated at the moment. <laughs> we'll be in touch. And I was like, fuck this. Everyone from Taui's on it and I can't get on. I've just won the jungle. Oh, I was fuming. Fuming. But, you yeah. know, probably a good thing because... I would have only probably well, necked on the footballer. Love. Yeah, I did. I found Erkan. I'm really happy. And I'm sure your Erkan is just around the corner, Matt. Um, I hope but so. Before I let you go, lovely, um, here at Vicky Pass and the Secret Tier, we always ask our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners a couple of pearls of wisdom. And it seems to me as though, regardless of where your life has taken you, it's various twists and turns. Um, you've always been like at the helm of your ship. You've been very confident in your decisions and you've been the driving force in your career. And I think it's very difficult to live a life like that, you know, where you're you're making all of these large, huge life-changing decisions and still having confidence. And I know I sometimes struggle. So I just want to know, um, and I'm sure everyone else does, to what your secret is to owning your decisions. Wow. Um, you're absolutely right. I think there, I, I have captained this ship, you know, what seems like in a perfect direction, but there are so many times when the sea is stormy and I have no idea where I'm going. But I have faith that, the, the step that I take which in whichever direction, the door that I open and go through, I have faith that that is the right one. Um, and I think it's for anybody out there listening that is struggling with what am I doing? Where am I going? My, I don't feel like I have a purpose in life. There's always a purpose there. You just may not see it yet. You may not feel it yet. You know, my career, I never expected it to be where it is today. Um, and to be totally honest with you, I wasn't quite sure where I would be. Um, you know, I had dreams and aspirations and goals. But I think once I started on that path, I kind of t took the pressure off of myself to be an Olympic champion. Yeah. I took the pressure off myself to be an A-list, you know, Hollywood actor um, or to make millions every year or whatever that goal is. Because I feel sometimes goals are good when they're attainable in the short term. And you can always work towards a long-term goal. But sometimes that ship goes in a different direction and you have to kind of modify your goal a little bit. And it's it's being versatile. It's being open to change. And it's it's, again, it's just owning those decisions that when you decide to do something, even if it's, you know, hey, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to wake up super early. Yeah. You know, it's 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 owning that and and being able to to have faith that you're you're going in the right direction, even though you may not see see the destination yet no i love that and i think it's such good advice like i feel like a part a huge part of sort of being successful is being able to roll with the punches you know like accept that everything doesn't quite go your way but also accept that maybe it's like the universe has kind of got a different plan for you and like you do yeah. just have to be positive stick at it and hope that everything's going to work out all right and trust the process yes you know yes just oh. trust you have to have faith and trust that you are in the right place at the right time. We all are. Yeah. Well, just we check. We all are at the right place. At the check right your time. phone. And if it says one, two, three, four, you've got confirmation. Oh, it says 1207. Oh, fuck. Right. Okay. Well, you've got about <laughs> half an hour, son. Make sure you look then. <laughs> oh, Matt, it's been a proper pleasure talking to you today. And I'm so grateful you agreed to do it on your birthday. I hope you have a lovely day with candies. Oh, thank you, babes. I love you, kiddo. 
Well, guys, that was the incredible Maivas, a good friend of mine, a great skater, and a brilliant guest. <laughs> um, if you are loving listening to Vicky Patterson The Secret 2 as much as I am loving making it, then please get in touch with her. Um, I'd love to know who you just want to have on next as a guest, you know? Um, and we're always doing our best to secure people that you really want to listen to. And we've had a blinding start to this series, but we're always looking to do better. So don't hesitate to get in touch. DM me. DM the Secret 2 Pod account. Leave reviews as well. And tell your mates about what we are growing slowly but surely. But I'd love to be big. I'd love to be a giant podcast juggernaut just taking over the space. <laughs> oh, God, I got bit carried away there. <laughs> I hope you all have a great week. And yeah, get in touch. We'll love to hear from you. Take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.